Episode 19 of the New England Sports Media Podcast features, I would say, a friend of the podcast, David Korzanowski, a former colleague, intern, friend of mine, and she's a good guy overall. And the reason he's New England, he's a Sudbury native. Shout out Sebs, right? Yes, sir. St. Sebastian's class of 2016. Yeah. Sounds right. But he uh, went to Notre Dame, is currently uh, at Northwestern for grad school. Um, so gonna have a good conversation here about kind of his path what he wants to do and sort of getting into broadcasting um in 2020 i guess which is obviously a challenge so david thanks for being with us yeah thanks for having me guys i'm in a lot of podcasts out right now i'm glad that you guys are, are doing one focus on new england so um, yeah. it's always good to see some friends you know getting involved and um yeah it's good stuff thanks for having me yeah, for sure. So I think from a young age, you've known you want to be a broadcaster, right? Like you did the sports broadcasting camp, you yeah. you, you got involved right away. Uh, just kind of take us, you know, briefly, just kind of take us up to where you're at right now, how you got to where you are and what you're doing. Sure. Um, well, that's where you and I met, Greg, right? Was play-by-play sports broadcasting yeah. camp. Yeah. Uh, so I saw an ad for that. Um, sports Illustrated? That's where I saw it. Sports Illustrated Kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I was like 13. And growing up outside of Boston, as you guys know, we were very spoiled, still kind of are spoiled as sports fans. Um, So I was always into sports from a young age, um, watched some really good teams and always just had a passion for it. So I ran into my dad's room. I was like, this camp looks awesome. Um, Can I go? He was like, yeah, like, absolutely. So play by play sports broadcasting camp run by Jeremy Treatman and company Um, centered out of Philly. Those guys are originally Philly guys, but they traveled to a bunch of different cities around the country um, and put on like a week-long broadcasting camp um, at each city. So I went to that camp for like six years. Like, I think I went the first time when I was like 13. Um, And I always just loved it. Like, I kind of just, like, it just stuck. And I've just been riding that wave since. Um, You know, we got some practice like in front of a camera and doing play-by-play. And play-by-play is really where I got – where I've gotten most of my experience. Um, so I went to Notre Dame undergrad and got involved with fighting Irish media, um, which puts on and broadcasts, um, most Notre Dame sports. Um, and it's a really unique opportunity because, um, you know, it's a job first of all, but also there's a lot of opportunities for, um, young students to get experience. So I did look at some of the bigger broadcasting schools for undergrad, but, um, they, you know, there's a lot more competition there and competition isn't necessarily a bad thing because I think it definitely sharpens your skills before you get on air. Uh, but I kind of wanted as much experience and as many reps as I could get. Um, Notre Dame really fit the bill well for that. Um, I called over 10 different sports when I was at Notre Dame. Um, I would say some highlights were Notre Dame hockey, which was broadcasted on NBC Sports um, Digital. Uh, men's and women's basketball, I got to do some of the early season games um, and the women's basketball team was sick. And I got to cover probably the highest level game I got to cover was um, Notre Dame Wake Forest. So it was an ACC matchup early season, but Notre Dame was like, I think they were number one in the country, which was like crazy looking back on that, that I got to call that game. Um, yeah. And then to, to where I am now. So I wanted to get right into play by play after gra- graduation, excuse me. Um And I had a job lined up with a minor league baseball team. So it was the rookie league affiliate of the Orem Owls, um, or sorry, rookie league affiliate of the Angels team's name was the Orem Owls out in Orem, Utah. So 
Um, that was set up to be like a, a summer league, like May to September ish. And um, then COVID hit, obviously minor league baseball completely canceled and uh, I had to adjust. So I networked a ton this summer and then ended up sneaking in super last minute to this one year grad program at Northwestern. Um, it's a really good program. You know, I'm meeting more people, networking, working on my skills, but also maybe more than anything, I'm just trying to wait out all this craziness, you know, uh, give myself a little year buffer and hopefully there's some more jobs waiting on the other end. So pre like in January or February or wherever you got your, the Orem Owls job, did you anticipate, I assume you did not anticipate grad school in the fall, correct? No, I thought of grad school. Grad school has always been an idea that I had. It's like, okay, like maybe I'll go back to grad school. Maybe I'll get another degree. Um, but most of the advice that I got from mentors and peers was like, if you can get a play-by-play job, just like go and start practicing, you know? Um, so it was not on my radar really at all. COVID hits and beginning of COVID, like maybe March and April, I was like, eh, maybe grad school, but I did some quick searches and most of these programs were already full for 2020. Right. Um, you know, originally when COVID hit, I thought, okay, just wait it out till the end of the summer. And then there will be jobs at these colleges in the fall. And that was not, that was not the case. <laughs> so I made this big spreadsheet of these schools in new England, you know, D1, D2, D3, and like 90% of them, you guys can attest to this, uh, had canceled fall sports. So I was like, okay, now I have to like think about some other options. So I went back to the sort of the drawing board, talked to a couple of my professors at Notre Dame and they were like, think about grad school. And I was like, okay, this is starting to make more sense. So I reached out to BU, shout out BU, uh, Columbia, um, Syracuse and Northwestern and just shot like introductory emails. It was like, Hey, any chance you guys have space or like, what would you recommend? Everyone except Northwestern was like, we're full this year. Right. Northwestern emailed me on a Tuesday in late July. This is how late it was. It was literally late July that I was doing this. Um, and they were like, if you can get an app in by the end of the week, we'll consider you. So I did the, like the whole app in like three days, got my letters of rec had an interview the week after, and then the week after that got in. So it was like a crazy quick process, but that was kind of my logic was like with, with COVID and everything going on, it's like the first door that opens for me, whether it was in print or like freelance or grad school, I just had to like pounce on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can attest to that. That's what I did. I mean, like I got a full-time job offer and it was like in Maine, which is like where I'm from. And I was like, shit like i gotta take this (laughs) like like i'm not like i'm screwing myself if i keep waiting for something totally totally i think one more thing i should add of course where we worked together was um the commodores so cape cod league two summers i was play-by-play greg was the um field reporter beat reporter and uh that was a great experience too definitely worked on my play-by-play especially with baseball yeah i mean i'm kind of curious from your standpoint i think the Cape Colleague internship is especially beneficial to broadcasters, maybe more so than writers. Um, I think that it kind of the experience of be, of the broadcasting is a little bit different than the writing. As the writing intern, you're more of like a more like a team reporter, like a PRE type writing. Um, but as a broadcaster, it seems like it really translates uh, to wherever you want to go. Why is that Cape League internship, you know, so coveted from the broadcasting standpoint? Yeah, I think the reason the Cape league and a lot of other summer leagues too. Um, because while the Cape league, 
I think is, is the most competitive and um, the best of the summer leagues at other summer leagues, you get the same experience, which is you get used to like the schedule of broadcasting. Meaning if you're covering a team, whether you're a field reporter, sideline reporter, social media, or broadcaster, you're working five, six games a week, double headers, um, adjusting to rain delays. You are like a part of the team and you get it. You get used to that day in day out, which is the biggest thing that I saw because at Notre Dame, play-by-play opportunities were great, but they were once, maybe twice a week, sometimes more on like a crazy busy week. But with the Cape League, it's like you're there and like that's what you do for two and a half months. Um, and that's awesome. And that's why minor league baseball gigs are so good because you get so many reps in such a short amount of time. Now, in that minor league baseball gig, like would that have been something where you're also doing like the press releases and the game notes and all that stuff too? Yeah, so I wish I wish I got like a week or two of work to like better answer that question. But I I was gonna have more than just broadcasting responsibilities. So a lot of the minor league teams, um, you know, employees there wear a lot of hats. Um, they do a lot of stuff. There's you know few people in sports. I shouldn't say that, but people who are in minor league baseball work very very hard and do a lot of different things. Um, I do think I would have had to do some press releases and game recaps and interviews and things like that. Um, I don't know if it would have been as crazy as like, I'm actually the, like the scorekeeper. Like I know some, some leagues, like you're literally keeping score while you're trying to broadcast, like the official scorekeeper, like for the league. Um, I'm not sure if it was going to be that level, but I definitely did have, uh, or would have had a lot of uh, responsibility. So you're at Medill right now. What's the experience been like so far? And I know Northwestern, they're finally getting going with football this Saturday. Are there some opportunities for you within the athletics department too, or what's it been like so far? Yeah. So it's been great so far. Um, Definitely an adjustment with virtual classes. So it's a quarter system at Northwestern. Um, I have four classes right now. Only one of them meets in person and they don't even meet in person every class. It's like maybe once a week. So it's a lot of zooms. um, It's a lot of virtual stuff. Um, I think what I've learned the most so far is just working on deadline, being able to turn over stories quickly. Um, You know, the big class uh, that everyone kind of dreads, but also like really appreciates is called Methods. Um, So that's like your journalism 101, if you will. So I took a class similar to it at Notre Dame. Here at Medill, it's like we have class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And on Thursdays, class class technically goes till four, but sometimes our professor will like let us out at one, be like, hey, you have, an, you have a story about um, how COVID is affecting Halloween, do it four. So like you have to go out, interview at least three people and like write a story in like three hours. So like that's a turnaround and a deadline that I haven't really been used to, um, which has been great to just improve my interviewing skills and reporting skills. Um, to go back to your question, Liam. Um, yeah. So, so big 10 is getting going. I did join WNUR, which is their student radio station. Um, it's a primarily undergrad station. So one thing I wanted to be careful with when I came in was like, I just didn't want to like come in and be like, Oh, like give me all these games because a lot of these kids have been grinding for like three, four years to, to get to call some of the big games. So football is actually reserved for the juniors and seniors, which I think is totally understandable. Um, but 
I'm hoping that when winter sports get going, because the rest of fall sports got moved to spring. So the only fall sport going on right now in the Big Ten is football, which starts this week. Um, I'm hoping to be able to call some basketball, winter sports, and spring sports, though, um, as the calendar year sort of turns around. So your degree is not necessarily like specifically broadcasting. It's sort of all parts of media. Correct. Yeah. It's a... the actual degree name is Masters of Science in Journalism. My specialization is sports media. So there's also a video on broadcast specialization, which I was kind of on the fence with because I was like, should I do that or should I do sports media? Um, they encouraged me to do sports media because it's more so what I want to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have like a video class right now. It's more like shooting packages and voiceovers and stuff. Um but I think all of these skills like inform my play-by-play ability. Like I've always been day one on like the better of a writer I am, the better of a broadcaster I'll be um, because those skills are so closely related, even with interviewing and things like that too. So you find out in like late July that you're accepted to this program. Like, so were you living in Massachusetts and yeah. you had to find an apartment in Chicago and like quick yeah. notice? That? It was a whirlwind. Yeah. So like, I got into Northwestern late July and, um, you know, I had to tell my parents and it was kind of, it was kind of tough because I was, I was living at home for like three, four months. We're in a global pandemic. Like politics is crazy right now. And moving to a big city like Chicago, uh, my parents were kind of like, yo, what? Like you're leaving like now, because like you said, Liam, I had to, I had to move pretty quickly. Um, I'm lucky because my cousin, has been living in Chicago for like a year and a half, almost two years now. Um, he works at a motorcycle shop, um, which is pretty cool. And he had some extra space. So it worked out really well. I'm living with him. Um, and yeah, it's been good. So it was, yeah, it was nuts though, because I got into Northwestern late July and I moved out here like the first weekend of September. So I had like a month to like, order books and like make sure I had all the stuff that I needed and like register and like figure out um, tuition and all those payments and everything. So um, I'm lucky that it worked out for sure. So what are the other kids in your, in your like program? Are they most, are they mostly kids that did journalism in undergrad? Are they mostly kids that didn't, are they older? Are they fresh out of college? Like what's kind of like the, the demographics? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wide range for sure, which has been really cool because it introduces me to some different types of people. Um, like I went out and I was getting uh, drinks with one of my buddies in the program and we were just getting to know each other a little better. And he was like, yeah, I went to Penn state. Like um, I was a freshman when the whole um, Paterno scandal happened. I was like, wait, what? I was like, I was like 13 when that happened because I, he was sitting across from me and in my head, I'm like, Oh yeah, this guy's the same age as me, but he's a little bit older. He's like, uh, I think he's like 27 or 28. He's like mid to late twenties. Um, but he came out of school and started working in insurance, I believe was there for like a few years, hated it, went and worked at a sports radio station at the beginning of 2020, which is a tough time to break into the industry because COVID hits, he was the last employee hired. So he was the first one that was let go, unfortunately. Um, but now he's at Medill. So there's a wide range, Greg, there's, uh, you know, kids who did journalism before there's kids who have not, there's kids who are fresh out of college. There's kids who are in their mid to late twenties. Um, I would say there's a lot more maybe on a normal year that are fresh out of college because of COVID um, that are in a similar situation to myself. Um, but it's really cool because Notre Dame, I love Notre Dame. Uh, there's a lot of people 
who are sort of similar to myself, right? Like it's a primarily white Catholic um, school. And here there's, I would say there's more diversity um, in a lot of ways, which is, which is exciting. And um, it's good to meet, you know, different, different people with different experiences. So you're out in the field, right? You're reporting on stories. Are people receptive to you just like going up to them and asking questions and stuff like that? How has that been? Like, yeah, great question, Liam, because that has been easily the hardest thing about this year. Like I, it's so ironic because if you put me on camera and put an athlete who I've never met, like next to me, I can, I can interview them fine. Like I don't really think about it. It's like, I'm comfortable. Um, I've had experience doing it. These man on the street interviews are like the bane of my existence right now. And I'm getting better at them slowly, but like going up to people and being like, Hey, like I'm a reporter. People look at you like you have like four heads sometimes. So I've found that it's like confidence. Like you have to go up and just be like, Hey, like I'm a reporter, not like, Hey, like, sorry to bother you because as soon as you show that they're just going to be like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you. Now it also is challenging because of COVID, right? Like, one thing Northwestern said was, um, hey, you know, you guys should be able to do most of your reporting virtually if you're uncomfortable. Um, but people are even less receptive to e cold calls and emails than they are to someone going up to them on the street. So while in theory you can report virtually, it's easier to get a story done on deadline if you just go up to people. So with that being said, you know, you always have to make sure you're wearing your mask and um, are keeping your distance, even as you approach them. Um, if they're a little comfortable and, and like, you can get a little bit closer to them to record them, that works out. Um, but yeah, it's been challenging in a lot of ways because I think like beat reporting and like man on the street interviews, Greg, you would probably know better than I, but like, I feel like they're less and less common now in terms of reporting, right? Because like social media is how people get like yeah. man on the street reactions and things like, you know, reporters just roaming the streets and going up to people, I feel like is less common. So they're already hesitant to do that maybe without COVID and then COVID makes it even harder. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like for me in my position, like for instance, there was like a meeting I was supposed to go to tonight and there's like a COVID outbreak, like at a church right next door with like 40 people getting COVID. And I was like, I don't know if I should go to this. So I'm, I'm just going to follow up via phone the next day. And like, I feel like that's pretty normal, even in a non-COVID world, that people just do that. Information is more accessible. But it's interesting you brought that up about like approaching people in the streets a lot harder than interviewing like a, even like a famous athlete. And it's true because like these people aren't expecting to get interviewed. Right. Like you just, you know, like you're you're doing a basketball game and coach comes over for the halftime interview. Like yeah, even if the coach is Gino Oriema or Jim Beheim or whatever, like it's not like they're used to it. They you don't even have to ask them exactly. questions. They'll just they'll just know what to do. But it's a lot harder with random people. Right. And, and that setting, like the athletes and coaches know, okay, I'm an athlete. Like there's going to be people who interview me, right. They're like more geared towards it. They're more ready for it. And like, less like, why are you, why are you trying to talk to me right now? than just an average Joe who's like shopping at his local store, you know? No, exactly. Exactly. That's, I totally agree with that. So um, in terms of like, the grad one-year grad program is there sort of any do you do any internships or anything like that while you're at Northwestern yeah so there's a ton of internships and like fellowships you can apply for again a lot of those are print so I haven't looked into them um super in depth so far just because quarter one they say you know focus on your classes 
really pour yourself into your schoolwork and then the internships and fellowships will sort of come later. Um, there are some things that I'm looking at, you know, I mean, there's, there's really good positions, you know, the stuff with like the wall street journal, um, some of the, you know, big newspapers around the country, print isn't my end goal as much. So, you know, there's some other people who are in magazine writing specialization or social justice specialization who are more in tune with those. But with the quarter system, the fourth quarter um, is like either a final project or a practicum. So there's a chance that like, if I was able to get a job or an internship, that could be primarily what I do in the fourth quarter. Um, and I could get credit for that at Northwestern and then take like one class a week, like a leadership course or something. Um, again, that's stuff that I haven't uh, really figured out yet totally. Um, but that's kind of the general setup. Do you guys have to do like a, a final project or something or like a... So, yeah. So if you don't get an internship, this is my understanding. If you don't get an internship or a job that counts for credit, you do like a, like a sort of capstone project, um, like either a big piece, like either a big video piece or a big um, print piece uh, on whatever specialization or, or topic you're interested in. And a faculty advisor sort of helps you out with that. So once you're done, right, are you still, would the next step still be like to go to a role like in Utah, like the one you had, or what do you expect once you're finished up? Um, I don't know what to expect because of COVID. Like there's a chance that there's still really limited job openings. And also the, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because um, there's a lot of broadcasters who are in the same position as me, right? Who like this year have kind of had to figure it out. And once those jobs start coming back, there's going to be probably even more competition for jobs that were already very competitive. So I don't really know like what level I'll be at. Like if, if I go back to um, a rookie league team, like I've, I have no problem with that whatsoever. If I can shoot a little higher and maybe try to like work for a college as their broadcaster or, you know, sort of help out with, with video and broadcast at schools or teams or, um, something like that. I'm totally open to that as well. So I know it's kind of a nothing answer, but I'm keeping my options as open as I can. And I I'm in my early twenties now. So my logic is, you know, for the next several years, I'll move wherever I'll take whatever job I can um, and sort of get the best position I can um, and, and just try to climb the ladder from there. Yeah. That's really how you got to look at it. Right. Like you guys have done. I mean, opportunities are, are hard to come by. So you got to take them where you can. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say the networking that I did at the beginning of COVID really helped um, because I met a lot of really, really cool people. The thing I've learned about this industry, like so many others, is people want to help, you know, up and coming broadcasters out. They want to help younger people who are in the same field and have the same interests out. Um, so I got to talk to people about sort of their experiences, their paths, um, and sort of just get to know them and just build up my, my, my base, right? Like build up people who I know so that, you know, when jobs, when, when job searching comes around, I can reach out to people and be like, Hey, could you look over my cover letter? Um, how would you recommend I word this? Uh, do you have any recommendations for me, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, yeah, that, that was really helpful. And I'm hoping to continue that this year too, even while I'm in my classes and stuff. And speaking on that networking piece, you know, play by play guy has been in the news recently with, you know, Doc Emmerich retiring. What are some of your favorite oh, guys? Man. Who do you look oh. up to? You know, when I was younger, when I was like a, 
when I was 13, 14, 15 at play-by-play camps, I used to be like, oh, I hate this broadcaster. Oh, I don't like this broadcaster. Like now there's very, very few guys who I like dislike because I realize how hard it is and how like everyone has their own different style. Um, some guys whose styles I really love, like I was listening to the Pats game on Sunday. I think Kevin Harlan, especially with football is like amazing. I think he's so good. Um, basketball. I have a lot of guys who I really like. I mean, Mike Breen is obviously great. Um, Brian Anderson's really good. Um, you know, I will say too, I got to work with NBC a little bit when I was at Notre Dame. Um, so I got to help out and do some production for those home football games. Tariko is one of the best in the business as well. Um, he's awesome. He's going to be taking over for Al Michaels in the next few years for Sunday night football. Um, so those are some that come to the top of my mind. Um, yeah, those are, those are some of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Tariko is super versatile, like how he can do golf and yeah. do a football game then host like a studio show. It's crazy. He's great. Yeah. He's great. And the, th- and the, and I think his biggest strength is he always sounds so comfortable something that I want to get better at is just sounding more conversational because even though I don't make a decision to do this, like sometimes I do sound like a little too broadcastery. Like I listen back. I'm like, okay, like that, that wasn't me. Like I was just trying to like sound good. Um, Tariko literally sounds the same when he's on and off air. Like he literally just sounds like he's having a conversation with you. Uh, he's great in that way. For sure. What about, um, in terms of like, would you be interested in, you kind of talked about like you made the spreadsheet of colleges. Like, would you kind of that lifestyle of being like minor league broadcaster or major league or whatever broadcaster then like doing like kind of like a freelance sort of schedule for like winter sports. Is that kind of yeah, like what you would no, be looking at? No, no doubt. I mean, I'll do, I'll do whatever. Like another thing too was working at Notre Dame. I, I got to call a lot of different sports. So whatever sport I can get into, I will start there as well. The reason I've sort of gotten most of my experience with Falmouth and the job I had with Orem um, in baseball is because there's so many freaking baseball teams around this country. So there's more job openings. If I could choose what sport I would want to do, it'd be basketball. Um, I would love to transition to basketball at some point if I don't land there right away. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would freelance. I would, you know, take a full-time job. I would do whatever to to basically get into the field and i would take whatever sport or position right on well that's david korzanowski friend of friend of the program uh sudbury native saint sebastian's alum and uh about to be a two-time degree holder when the spring comes up thanks guys this was great i get to see your faces even if it's via zoom and, and wish you guys the best of luck in the coming uh coming weeks stay safe and everything appreciate it thanks man